Welcome along to the podcast. It's Chappie here. And this is a huge day for many people all around the world, especially here in America. So there are so many stories. It's a rich tapestry of stories that you rediscover and you discover new ones every year about the tragedy that happened on this day 19 years ago. I'm normally very light-hearted, very tongue-in-cheek, but just wanted to do a sort of mini podcast on September 11th. Because it's a huge day. It means so much to so many people. And it's never been quite the same. I want to title this podcast, The Sky's Never Been As Blue Before or Even Since. And that day... As you saw the towers lit up at the beginning of the day, that sort of off-white colour, standing like sentinels in the distance across that blue Manhattan sky that morning. They stood out, beautiful buildings, erect, high and proud. But the blue sky... I don't think any news event or event that's happened since where it's been so clear and so clear to the horror that was going to happen. There's a couple of documentaries that I highly recommend people watching. Um, the, the first is the final hours. It's National Geographic 910. And the interesting thing about this documentary is it's a flip side of the coin. The first side of the coin is 910, the normality of 910. Mark Green campaigning to be the New York mayor. Rudy Giuliani, very unpopular, about to resign, or not resign, his term was about to finish. And Green for all accounts, was doing very well in the polls up until 9-11. There was a mixologist on the top floor of the World Trade Center windows in the world whose job was to take classes and teach people how to make beautiful Manhattans, Cosmopolitans, all the cocktails. And he recounted on this show, The Final Hours 9-10, how he was teaching class that night that finished at 8. But he decided to stay on and have a few drinks with the the, the team, the group he was training uh, how to make the cocktails. And very vividly, he remembers that day because there was a huge storm, 9-10-2001 in New York City. A storm that sort of raged all day and there was a blanket of mist and eerie cloud circling the towers all day and the mist cleared and he stayed and looked across New York City with the people who he had been training and he stayed till two in the morning and forgot that his car would start the morning of 
9.10. So his wife and his little child had to go and pick him up in the wee hours of 9.11. And they picked him up and he, on the drive back across Manhattan, back to where he lived in Brooklyn, he took his daughter out of the car and showed his daughter the skyline and the twin towers and that's where daddy works and that's the last day those towers stood but DJ recounted how she partied and danced and spun discs at the top of the windows on the world somebody in financial consulting took her mother out for her birthday and her brother and to the windows on the world and had a fabulous meal and she perished on 9-11 while she was going into work and her bag was found months later with a receipt from that dinner so many, so many stories I sort of feel humble my story is not particularly impressive I was in the UK waiting for a visa to come through so I could work in the uh, in the US permanently and the visa took all summer didn't arrive waiting 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 and I thought 9-11 would push back when I could get back to the states again for probably a selfish viewpoint you know waiting on a visa but I saw the towers hit I was working US time in the UK. So it's two in the afternoon UK time. The internet froze as the plane hit. And in all shock, called my colleagues in Chicago who thought that more planes were coming to hit possibly the Sears Tower. So it was a very emotive day for everybody. But my story concluded on the 13th when the visa came through. It was stamped on the 10th. Been stamped after that, I could have been waiting months and months. But it's stamped on the 13th, and I flew back out around the 18th, or when the planes were flying again. So many stories, as I said, a rich tapestry of stories. But I highly recommend watching the final hours 9 10. It recounts the day, it recounts the terrorists, it recounts normal people whose lives are altered and changed forever. Look at the tale of the red bandana guy as well, Wells Crowther, who also worked um, in, fi in finance and equities trader, but also a volunteer firefighter, a young man, the same age as me, a little younger, who perished on 9-11. He perished saving people, wearing the bandana that his dad had given him for many, many, many moons ago as a child. And he was wearing that bandana, helping people to escape the terrors of the attack and the aftermath and the, and the towers collapsing. So many stories. Saw an old school friend of mine, junior reporter for the BBC, hadn't seen him for years. He's one of the only reporters out there, a finance reporter who was covering hard news that day. It gave him a break, but also something that he would never forget. But certainly look up the red bandana guy and the association as well that his parents set up and the legacy, the Red Bandana Project, 
celebrating other heroes. Absolutely mind-blowing some of these stories that that uh, that have come from from 9/11 and 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 the aftermath of of 9/11 as well. Another documentary, The Falling Man, where you capture a man falling headfirst to his death with the background of the white concertinaed effect of the World Trade Center behind. Very famous picture. Do you remember the picture? I mean, people have taken pains to sort of banish it from this, from their mind and memory. But there's a lovely article in Esquire, Tom Jenard um, wrote. In the picture, he departs from this earth like an arrow. Although he has not chosen his fate, although he has not chosen his fate, he appears to have, in his last instance of life, embraced it. If he were not falling, he might very well be flying. He appears relaxed, hurtling through the air. He appears comfortable in the grip of the unimaginable motion. He does not appear intimidated by gravity's divine suction or by what awaits him. His arms are on his side, only slightly out-triggered. His left leg is bent at the knee almost casually. His white shirt or jacket or frock is billowing free from his black pants. His black high tops are still on his feet. In all other pictures, the people who did what he did, who jumped, appear to be struggling against horrific discrepancies of scale. They are made puny by the backdrop of the towers which loom like Colossi, and then by the event itself. Some of them shirtless, their shoes fly off as they flail and fall, and they look confused as through trying to swim through the side of a mountain. The man in the picture, though, the falling man, by contrast, is perfectly vertical, and is so is in accord with the lines of the building behind him. He splits them, bisects them. Everything to the left of him in the picture is the North Tower, everything to the right is the South. Though oblivious to the geometric balance he achieved, he is the essential element in the creation of a new flag, a banner composed entirely of steel bars shining in the sun. Some people who look at the picture see stoicism, willpower, a portrait of resignation. Others see something else, something discordant and therefore terrible. Freedom. There is something almost rebellious in the man's posture, as though, once faced with the inevitability of death, he decided to get on with it, as though he was a missile, a spear bent on attaining his own end. He is 15 seconds past 9.41, Eastern Standard Time, on September 11, 2001. The moment the picture is taken is in the clutches of pure physics, accelerating at a rate of 32 per second squared. He will soon be travelling upwards 150 miles per hour. He is upside down. In the picture he is frozen. In his life outside the frame he drops and keeps dropping until he disappears. It is an incredibly emotive article um, by Tom Jonathan in, in Esquire. I, I highly recommend reading it. It is uh, it, it's crazy. And, and there's also a very good documentary on The Falling Man as well. They discovered who it was. It's a wonderful story um, through the tragedy. A little small sliver of hope that we all need on, on this very emotive day. On 9-11-2008, I lost my son at seven months in the womb. So the day reflects badly on me. I, I feel pain on this day. 
and miss what Christopher could have become. We're going to end with a little poem. Um, we are going to have our normal podcast, which will follow on. It'll be a double edition with this special September 11th um, poem um, and podcast. And then our normal uh, banter and nonsense uh, moving forward for the second podcast. But this is the message from the sky, September 11th, 2001. From the towers, from the plains, love and again love. Stuart Meltzer from the 105th floor to his wife. Honey, something terrible is happening. I don't think I'm going to make it. I love you. Take care of the children. From the towers, from the plains, love and again love. Brian Sweeney on flight 175 that shattered the South Tower turned lives to grey ash. Hey Jules, it's Brian. I'm on the plane and it's hijacked. It doesn't look good. I just wanted you to know I love you and hope to see you again. If I don't, please have fun in life and live your life the best you can. Know that I love you and no matter what, I'll see you again from the towers, from the plains, love and again. Love. Kenneth Van Olken from the 102nd floor. I love you. I'm in the World Trade Center and the building was hit by something. I don't know if I'm going to get out. But I love you very much. I hope I'll see you later. Bye from the towers. Love from the plains, love from Mark Bingham on Flight 93 before it crashed into a field near Pittsburgh. Hi, Mum, it's Mark. We've been taken over. There's three men that say they've got a bomb. I love you, I love you, I love you. From the towers, from the plains, love and again, love. Moses Rufus, a chef at Windows on the World. I'm okay, don't worry, I love you no matter what, I love you. Love from the towers, love from the plains. Jeremy Glick from Flight 93 to his wife, Lisbeth. I love you, I love you, Emmy. Please take care of her. Whatever decisions you make in your life, I need you to be happy and I'll respect the decisions you make. From Thomas Burnett on Flight 93. I know we're all going to die. There's three of us who are going to do something about it. I love you, honey. From Daphne Bower somewhere in the towers. Mummy, the flower of the building is on fire. There's smoke coming through the walls. I can't breathe. I love you. Mummy, goodbye to mothers, wives, to husbands and friends, to fathers and lovers, to brothers and sisters, to aunts and uncles, to the inert tapes of answering machines. Love from the towers, love from the plains, from the towers, the plains, love and again love. I love you, Mummy, goodbye. And that's the close of the podcast um, in memoriam of September 11th. Think about your stories from September 11th, how you were changed maybe by the event, by other events that happened, as in my case. But just think about it and reflect how the skies were so blue that day. Were they ever as blue before or after? Thank you for listening. <laughs>